live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. I'm going to feed on it. Yeah, you are. 809 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Put away the snow plowing. Come on out. (laughs) (laughs) Opening day at American Family Field. Opening pitch. Bullseye. We are underway. Going to have Bob Euchre on the call from American Family Field. 1235 is our broadcast time for the game. We've been well into our pregame show already today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. First pitch scheduled for 110 this afternoon. Did you hear that that report from Wyatt? Did you hear what he said about the tailgater? What time? Listen to this. Sandra and Steve Mandel drove the first car in line here at American Family Field. Sandra tells WTMJ they've been here since... It was 3 o'clock this morning. Her husband... <laughs> what, <laughs> what are you doing? God, sucker teed off in that like he knew I was going to throw a fastball. <laughs> I mean... Wow. 3 a.m. That what? seems unnecessary. <laughs> Hey, we were up anyway. We just went on down to ballpark. <laughs> Guys, by 3 p.m., they're going to be sacked out in their right? seats. Yes, exactly. So a lot ahead today on the broadcast about opening day. But I wanted to kind of broaden the conversation this morning and tie it into a story that we had about the new sports book going up at Potawatomi Casino. They opened, uh, they've only been open for three days or so. But I look at an opening day here in Milwaukee. Maybe it's a few years in the future, maybe a little bit longer But at some point, the guy next to you, or maybe it's you, is going to have his phone out and is going to be able to place a bet in the stadium on who hits the first home run or who gets the first strikeout or that who knows on whether or not Bernie waves this way or waves that way or right. I mean, anything you can conceive of betting on that, I believe, is coming to a ballpark near you. Real soon. It's going to change the game and how it's watched. I mean, think about uh, just alcohol. The difference between someone who's there and enjoys a couple of beers versus the person who's focused strictly on the game and doing the, you know, writing it down with the little whatever, the sheet they got. Like, everything is different. It's going to be, it's going to change it for fans who are otherwise maybe a little bored by a nine-inning game. And so, you know, my take on it is I'm probably not going to do it not cuz I'm against gambling or whatever. I just like I just like what you said. I like baseball. Right. So like a lot of the other stuff on the periphery, don't need it. right? I don't need that. Like I'm entirely happy with watching baseball here since I went to the baseball game. Mm-hmm. But for fans who go in a more social setting and just want to hang out or for others who are really into the lucrative uh <clears throat> ventures of sports futures <laughs> investing. Investing, yes. Yes. <laughs> they might super be into it. So it's probably not for me but it also doesn't bother me, and I wonder where folks come down on it. Mm. Betting on things like home runs, other stuff that happens during the thing, during the course of a game at see, the ballpark. See, those prop bet type things, I think I'd be more interested in than actually betting on the outcome of the game. Right, what's the spread, which guy this, yeah, which guy I don't. Like, yeah, that stuff doesn't really speak to me. But I could see myself going, oh, you know, who's going to hit the home run? Will it be a... You know, a, a jersey number below twenty or above, or something like that. Yeah, I, I would, I would consider doing that just to add a little spice to your viewing. Well, and this hasn't happened yet, and uh, Texter beat me to it because I was going to walk you through what needs to happen 
first in order for that to come to Milwaukee. And on the Old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, get old, first texter out of the gate. Sports betting via phone is not legal in Wisconsin without a state constitutional amendment. Correct. And good luck getting that done in our divided government. Absolutely correct. We mentioned Potawatomi uh, Casino just opening now its sports book for three days. Here's the CEO, Dominic Ortiz, and what he told TMJ4 News about the future. The digital front's going to come whether I like it or not. I would tell you that uh, it's an inevitable future. Now, Ortiz predicting that the reality for digital gaming, something that you could do on your phone, mobile betting like that, yep. is coming to Wisconsin. He said whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, meaning right now, the tribes have exclusive gaming rights, almost exclusive gaming mm-hmm. rights. There are some raffles and some other things that nonprofits can do. But when you talk about big-time gambling, that rests solely in Wisconsin's tribes, and that is the case. But what he's saying here is somebody, somehow, some way, is going to find a way to get it done in Wisconsin. And maybe it won't be five years. Maybe it'll be 15. That's what he said. But there are steps that have to occur in order for that to happen. Let me back up and give you a little bit more information on that. And again, what I'm interested in from you on the old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620, is are you good with this? Provided that sports betting in ballpark on your phone is coming, are you good with that and would you do it? Like I said, I probably wouldn't do it, but I'm fine if we Yeah, we all said we wouldn't text either. (laughs) That's true. I remember seeing What do you do? Just call them. I spoke with two law professors at Marquette University about the future of legal sports betting in Wisconsin. Now, let them get you up to speed. This is very much like the marijuana de-illegalization that we've got Illinois doing it, we've got Michigan doing it. We appear to be losing out on the revenue. I don't think you should be doing too much gambling tonight, Alan. Gambling? There's anything about gambling. It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Marquette Scott Eidelman says Wisconsin is late to the game when it comes to betting on sports. With leagues themselves increasingly cozy with the idea, Eidelman and fellow MU professor Matt Mitten expect legal betting on ball games only to grow. Professional leagues have shifted on the idea that, well, maybe, well, illegalize, there'd be plenty of illegalized gambling that would occur, billions and billions of dollars. And now if the leagues get a cut of it, they're thinking that, well, legalized with regulation is Mm -hmm. just as good as a way of maintaining the integrity of the game, plus they want a cut of it too. Ten years from now, are we betting in the ballpark? Are we betting on balls and strikes, on all the other things that happen? I would say probably, based on the trends in other states. Mm -hmm. However, not in our state, Scott, unless something major changes. Right. So the tribes have the compacts that they can negotiate with the governor. Outside of those, it's prohibited by the Constitution and then by criminal law. At least for now, sports betting remains in the arena of tribal gaming. Despite the commercials you may see for betting on your phone, I guess a lot of people would be surprised to know that if you live in Wisconsin, you can't just go on those apps and use them right now. That's right, because there is a federal law, the Wire Act, which basically says you have to be located in a state uh, in which sports betting is lawful in order to you know, use your cell phone or an app to place a bet on DraftKings or some of these other services. All right, Pops, what's the gag? How did you know what the score was going to be? I told you, it's in this book. All you got to do is bet on the winner and you'll never lose. A little assist there from Back to the Future. Marquette University law professors Matt Mitten and Scott Eidelman and a little Biff Tan in there. 
So (laughs) their point is, yes, this is not the law right now in Wisconsin. We would need some major changes, but there's just too much money, Eric, for everybody involved, for the teams, for the state, if they would legalize it. And again, you got to go through the tribes first because they have the exclusive rights. But somehow, I believe it's going to get done. And we we often have talked, too, about just whether or not fans will continue to go to sporting events, right? Whether it's baseball or something else, just because of our younger generation and how yeah. they consume anything, any type of entertainment. Will this help drive that? Would something like this help bring more people to the park or engage them more? Uh, Doug on the Old National Bank talk and text line. Yes, I am very good with this. Should have happened years ago. I don't know why it was so taboo years ago. It's great entertainment and a chance to win. Do you agree? Sports betting inside the ballpark on this, our opening day. Should it be happening? And would you do it? Like I said, probably not for me, but doesn't bother me any. 817 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Twenty-one on Wisconsin's Morning News. Bullseye! Brewers opening day at American Family Field. And we're talking about sports betting, whether or not that ever finds its way inside the stadium. I think it for sure is going to happen. Other experts in the field believe that it will. Number of hurdles that we would have to cross in the state of Wisconsin, among them changing the state's constitution to allow this type of gambling. And, of course, you'd have to have the tribes involved in negotiations because right now they have virtually exclusive gaming rights. And the CEO at Pato told TMJ4 News that he believes it'll be in place yes. within 5 to 15 years. So my question is, is, is that a good thing? Old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. You're at the ballpark, you log on to the app on your phone, say, all right, uh, and then you have a menu of options upon which you can bet. Yep. Digital, bing, bing, bing. You win, it's in your account. Who's going to score lose. the first run? Who right. could get the first hit? It doesn't even who have to be just... Who wins sausage race? Yeah, it doesn't even have to be who's right. going to win the game. Uh, here's one from the 262. A thought, if sports leagues eventually get great additional revenue from their cut of sports betting, might that help teams to better pay for their facilities versus so often needing public handouts. That's an interesting point. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Because right now, the brewers have pending basically an ask for the state for hundreds of millions of dollars. That the state is contractually obligated to give them in some form, right? In some form. The number is right a matter of debate. But definitely the brewers are, are looking for hundreds of millions of dollars in additional money to fund upgrades at American Family Field. I don't think this would matter at all. <laughs> Sports betting isn't going to keep an owner from saying, hey, I need a little help here building oh, this thing, right. or I'm going to leave. If you can get it for free, why not? The point being, though, here maybe is that could be a component of that deal. If the state were to say, and, and this is purely hypothetical now, but if the state were to say, okay, listen, um, we're not going to give you $300 million, but we're going to give you a buck fifty, and yeah. we're also going to figure out a way to allow you to conduct in-game wagering, uh, and then you can do what you want with that money. We'll, we'll do that for you. Could that not be a bargaining chip from somewhere the, down the road? From the 262, this is a horrible idea. It serves to the debased <laughs> human nature. How many husbands will make their children and wives' lives more difficult because they've wasted all their money? Oh, why you got to put it on dude? Like, <laughs> wives gamble. No. Sure. There are there are some degenerates the out there. I understand the point. The reason that 
Potawatomi Casino is in the Menominee Valley and not downtown is because John Norquist didn't like gambling. He's a preacher's son. He didn't like gambling, didn't want to support the venture, didn't want to do what he did, and so Pato f- figured out a workaround, and they're in the Valley. I definitely think now here we have a casino, and there have been many improvements made in the Menominee Valley. Now I think ultimately that could be a really nice stretch all the way from the Harley-Davidson Museum yeah. to American Family Field. But getting there. back at the time, it was certainly on an island and could have been you know something downtown, but you have folks who are dead set against any expansion of gaming because they don't like gambling. I think that's legitimate. I just think also... This is happening. Like bull- bulldozer. And it's all about the green. I'm telling you, it's all about the money. Eventually, it's going to happen only because the state can realize how much revenue it can provide. And I've sat by people who, and this was annoying. Gosh, why was I in this group? A bunch of people I was with, you know, and they wanted to bet on everything. And they had this thing going where, like, okay, everybody throws a dollar in. And then somebody calls with bet, and the dollars were changing hands. And I didn't even really understand the game. It was more like just... See, that's too much work. Tell, tell me what I owe. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like at the end of it, and like the dollars are being handed back and forth and all this stuff. I'm like, I'm trying to watch baseball. Thanks. <laughs> right. I Yes. And I think, yeah, you're always going to have the purists out there, but it is different now. For sure. The, the way people consume baseball is different now, and the younger generation is different now. And I'm not saying that this is going to help bring, you know, younger groups into but the stadium, might. but. Everything you can do to help engage or get them, you know, using their phone or whatever to also be there buying a hot dog, they're going to find a way to do. I think what else is interesting is if the teams or the clubs could offer some sort of exclusivity, so some sort of thing that you could only do if you're at the game, you know, that would definitely give them a leg up on that. Ah, Outside of right. the DraftKings and it. whoever else is already going to be doing things like that. Not legal yet in Wisconsin, but the day is coming. 825 on Wisconsin's Morning News. You've got the utensils, the food, the charcoal, the gas. Are you a gas or a charcoal guy? It depends on what I eat. Say, uh, rabbit. Gas. Gas, definitely gas. Pork? Pork? I don't get much gas from pork. (laughs) Pork is nice. Twenty-eight on Wisconsin's morning news. It is opening day in Milwaukee. It's going to sound like sacrilege, but I am not a huge tailgater. Really? Not even for the home opener? That's too damn much work. I'll go to your tailgate. Oh well, so yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I always go to fun. someone else's. <laughs> I found I, I've been amazed at the creativity. Oh. From the food, from the way to use a restroom without actually using a restroom, to, oh, the, there's that. to the gas grills, to the... I think I saw one time a guy had some kind of, like, jacuzzi <laughs> that they brought in. Entirely and had, possible. Like, like, had in the back of a U-Haul or something. Or, yes. Why not? something crazy. My whole thing is, like, I'm always... Again, I, as I said, I like baseball. I'd rather go watch batting practice or be in the yard... And as expensive as the food is, for sure, if you know you're going in and I am I want the knockwurst platter or whatever they got new this right. year. See, I'm glad you said that because oftentimes when we talk about like, okay, what stories are you going to tell? Everyone always immediately goes to the tailgater, right? Oh, all the reporters going to go catch the craziest tailgater or whatever. But oftentimes what we like is to find that person who's actually waiting for a ball. Who's yes. the, the first one to get into the stadium when they open the gates to the stadium, who's there hoping to get a BP ball or hoping to get an autograph. Or the, I mean, there are people that are like there early because they just want to like enjoy every minute of being inside the stadium. There was 
a you know time in my life where I was red hot on baseball as a kid, you know, so maybe like eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, that range, right? My brother's four years younger than me, and my dad would take us to the games, and it was it must be in early for yep. for batting practice because mm-hmm. that was really kind of the only time they 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 weren't as generous with the balls back in the day. No, you know, guys weren't chucking the ball into the stands at the end of every inning. The ball boy never gave away a ball like that wasn't his or her place to do. This wasn't allowed. <laughs> right. You know, like, what are you doing? Now everybody's throwing balls all over the place. So it was tough to get a ball. My brother got a ball from Eddie Romero one year. We had my dad sprung for like literally first row seats, the red seats right there just off of first base. And they're just tossing around outside the Brewers dugout. And Eddie Romero came up, plopped a ball right in his glove. I bet you were so <laughs> PO'd. <laughs> you bet I was. And you know what we did with the ball? We probably went and took it out in the yard and played you with it. You stuffed it, it up. Right? Yep. Good. And that's Neither what you should have do. it anymore. on Wisconsin's morning news at your home with the Milwaukee Brewers News Radio WTMJ 12:35 is the actual broadcast time for the ball game today at 110 first pitch don't be startled by the flyover either we got a B1 bomber oh awesome set to do the flyover awesome <laughs> problem is roof closed yeah so you got to you got to be one of those latecomers <laughs> and you'll hear it even if you're inside That's so true. that is the flyover for today who did i have on the national anthem the uh Lady who's on the Disney Channel. Now, yeah, it's or, the girl who's been singing for years, right? And she's from, um, I want to say Racine. Yes, uh, I got her name here. I got her name here. I got her name here. Uh, been doing it a long time. I know Le- that. Leomani Segura. Yeah. She's going to sing the national anthem. Now, she's been singing the anthem, yeah, for the Brewers since she was nine years old and has now done something spectacular with that voice. She's on the Disney Plus series, High School Musical, The Musical, The Series. Okay, right, you got that? Good. It's a thing. <laughs> and uh, she's going to be singing the national anthem today. Awesome. Out at the ballpark already is WTMJ's Jason Smith, who is he's a young man finishing up his college career at UWM. So he's experiencing a lot of things for the first time as we send him out to places. Jason, is this your first home opener? This is my first home opener. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> This is definitely my first home opener, and it's, it's it's crazy. My first home opener. I'm talking to the president of business operations. Wow. <laughs> oh, you talked to Rick this morning. Nice. I, I talked to Rick, and he told me about the fun new things. He said they got 780 new speakers going up, um, so the sound should be clear and crisp. He talked about the billiard opening today. Talked about autograph for kids coming back. He talked about a whole bunch of different things. Um, the new things coming out. For, for and family for the Brewers. Anything in particular that, that stood out to you? You mentioned new lights and stuff. Yeah, so, he, so yeah, we got the new speakers, and he said the new LED lights. So he said the main point of doing stuff like that is to make the game more of a spectacle. He said, I mean, because everybody, we all know, everybody talk about how baseball can sometimes get a lot of boring. So he said he feel like, especially the Brewers are well-equipped for the rule changes. It's going to speed the game up, make it more fun to watch. You got the LED lights. You got the sound system, the upgraded 780 speakers. You got the new food options, the new restaurant in the barrel yard. Um, it's a lot of the worst play. That's what you were talking about, Vince. It's called the worst play. It has a wise worth, a not worth, <laughs> and a beer's worth when it co- with potatoes, pickles, and mustard. 
So that's it's a whole bunch of new things coming. The worst place, W U R S T, worst. Worst, yeah, yeah, not not worst. <laughs> yeah, not the worst. It's the worst no. place. So Jason, the worst place. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta give a describe the scene scene set for us. If you look around, what's happening right now on the field? Are crews still working that dirt? They've been pushing that dirt for four hours. I think that was largely the an crews, optical thing. <laughs> the crews have been pushing this dirt since I got here. It is the same exact thing. <laughs> they're, they're prepping. That's literally it. Right now, the guy who was driving on the dirt, he's gone. So right now, it's just two guys out pushing the dirt. It's still some media here. Some of the media left, but I see I'm looking at Rick right now. Um, but on the field, it's just the guys uh, sweeping the floor or, or pushing the dirt. Rick's Lessinger, Brewers president of business operations. Yeah, I'm seeing the uh, – you talked to the chef, too, about some of those new items, right? Is this the guy from Jay Leinenkugel's Barrel Yard or the other stadium chef? So so he's the executive chef of, of both. So he's of the stadium. Oh, he is. He All right. He's of yeah, – yeah. So he said, yeah, there's new things coming there. You got the Swedish meatball stuff he said he's looking forward to. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, on, on floor level, is something called the pretzel bread pudding, where they take the Milwaukee pretzel, they cut it up, um, put, oh. make bread pudding out of it. They top oh. it with pretzels and whipped cream. And so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's some good stuff that they got coming out. It's some good stuff they got brewing up. Let me tell you something, young man. Here's what we had for food options in my day. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> okay, you went to the a hot dog. You got a hot dog. You got the Polish. You got the brat. Sure. Those were your I suppose they had and the Italian. Okay. Maybe. Oh, uh, I don't know. Stadi- listen, Secret Stadium Sauce was like invented after I had already been going to ball games. Is that like, right? I remember the first times they had that out. They'd dip it in for you. They'd throw it in the sauce for you, that nice okay. hot sauce. That was like, oh, that was revolutionary. Okay. you. So you had that. You had your four sausage line up there. No chorizo yet. That mm-hmm. came years later. You had maybe a, a sports service foam cup for hot chocolate. It was foam, and it was bad. That mixed hot chocolate, and it was nice. bad. You had licorice rope, okay? The super rope, long. Do you have the dots? No, no, no dots. You did have a soft serve. I no dots? You could, get, you could get one soft serve, and then you had whatever they had on well, tap. So then and what then should Jason get? Can guy. What should Jason get? Miller Lite Old Style. What are you going to send Jason to get today? What's the one thing he has to experience while at the stadium? I, what? Man, I don't want you to eat something that you don't like. That knockwurst platter is standing out to me, though. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I, I'll do it. I, I'll try it. What, well, is there something else that you really had your eye on? No, no, it's nothing in particular. Like, it's nothing in particular. So, boom, I, I need to, I'll take the suggestions and try it on my first day here. Jason it's the first Smith. day for everything. Out at the ballpark for us here, American Family Field. Now, Eric, also we had, now I know you're you're on the inside duty. We sent Wyatt Barmore-Pooley out to talk to tailgaters already. He ran into these cats who said they were in line at 3 a.m. <laughs> 3 a.m. to get into the stadium. Does that sound right to you, Jason? I can't say. I mean, when I pulled up, I did see people walking. <laughs> around the stadium and i'm like oh my goodness so this is this is what opening day is like i'm talking i pulled up around 4 30 wow the game doesn't pitch off until one so but at least it's not raining outside so i mean hey listen you're lucking out too i mean in terms of weather like if they offered weeks ago if they said look here's your opening day might see some showers late but i can promise you just cloudy and 50 55 degrees 
that's a we'll take it. Oh, absolutely. Right? Oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. It feels good out here. It feels real good out here. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to be I'm making my way out there at some point. I'll make sure to connect up with you. Maybe we'll share the sausage platter. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's All, right. All right. And we'll expense it. The man's paying today. 844 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Oh, yeah. on this Brewers home opening day. Pitch to Arcia. Swing and a tapper. Hit over the mound. Here comes Kane to the plate. Slides. He's in. The Brewers win it on opening day on an infield hit by Orlando Arcia. Was that two years ago opening day? Name the year. Yes. 2021. Did we win last year? Our home opener? Why do I think we did? I feel like we haven't lost a home opener in a long time. I know I'm going to be wrong. Somebody's going to text in and be like, no, we lost last year, (laughs) three years ago, or whatever it was. I just feel like pretty regularly we win that home opener. Hopefully that will continue to stand. I'm still buzzing from a fun thing. I just wanted to share this because, I, I, first of all, I think our business – our Video game and tech correspondent Max Vitrano has interesting perspectives. He's got great perspectives for a 15-year-old. What's funny is he's talking about stuff that wasn't around, that was around when we were kids, not when he was a kid. But he has some interesting insight on the gaming and tech world because like, he's into that whole thing. He likes we, the retro tech, right? Yeah, we went together to the Midwest Gaming Classic, which was at the convention center. And if anybody was downtown this weekend, you definitely knew that that convention was in town. Why? A lot of folks in costume, <laughs> from kids to adults. Oh, yeah. I saw a lot of Marios, little Marios walking around. Nice. I saw some adult Marios. <laughs> saw, it's super cool. You know, I, I was telling my son that. He's, we were talking about people in costume. I'm like, we think nothing of people dressing up like their favorite sports teams. Why is this any different? Like, they're fans of gaming. And yeah, you do you. If you want to wear a tail or some horns or whatever, yep, yep. carry a sword around with you, that's great. You go I'm enjoy yourself. It. Made yeah. it a lot of fun. But we were checking out one of the one of my favorite exhibits they have, and they have this at the Wisconsin Center downtown, and it's all three floors, huge stuff set up. And they bring in all of these old home consoles when things just just took off. And I was on toward the back end of the initial revolution. So I was I was an 80s kid primarily, born in the early to mid-70s, okay? And then so all it, just as I was coming conscious as a person, all these home video game consoles were coming around. Yeah. And it's interesting. There were so many, like, I remember Atari, okay, and I remember Coleco. the 2600, the 5200 then. Okay. Right, Coleco, I had a buddy who had that. I had a friend, Kevin had, Kevin Schultz had this computer that ran on not discs or whatever, on cassette tapes. <laughs> that was the, instead of a floppy disk, you were running stuff off cassette That's tapes. That's awesome. Was it an Atom computer or something like that? I don't know what it was, but, you know, like, so everything was changing and everything was yeah. new. And there's stuff in this museum section at the gaming convention that I've never heard of. And I was around then. But the boy, he knows all of it. So he pulls me up. He's like, yeah, check check this thing out. Okay, tell me what console we're playing here. The Fairchild Channel F, specifically the, the second model. About oh, this the is the second. Atari 2600. Is it big? So, like, late 70s. I've never seen this before. How long did this last? Not very long. It had uh, one revision and was not very popular, probably due to its weird controller. Well, and also, it looks like we're just playing knockoffs. I mean, this is literally Space Invaders. Yeah, uh, everyone was knockoffs at the time. <laughs> what do you mean, everyone was knockoffs? Every company was ripping off every other company at the time because. Legality of everything was still being worked on. It's funny. I think he's right about that. Like the, 
it was sort of the wild west of of computers and gaming and like everybody was ripping everybody off. Mm-hmm. So if you had ColecoVision, yeah, you had Donkey Kong, but also Atari had Donkey Kong and maybe sometimes it was a different company that was making the game. So one would be for this console, one would be for that. But like, and then there are all these things you never heard of, and they're out there trying trying to get a piece of that market. They kind of all look the same a little bit. You said like yeah. Mario was on different gaming consoles. Yeah, and they all look the same. So he's like, yeah, everybody was kind of just ripping each other off, and we'll figure out the legality later. <laughs> and most of this crap like never even survived long enough to get sued. Right. <laughs> so here's another one. He desperately wanted to play... This gaming system, another one that I had never heard of. He said this is the worst video gaming system of all time. Okay, mission accomplished. You've played what you call the worst video game system of all time. (laughs) Yes, the Philips CDI. It was like mid-90s. Nintendo went to Philips and was like, hey, you want to help us? And so they basically allowed Philips to use some of their IPs like Mario and Zelda in their own games for their terrible console and they were the worst games of all time why because they were made by incompetent developers and were just generally horrible ideas like hotel mario here what's wrong with that it's a game where you literally have to close doors mario has to close doors and that's the whole game (laughs) (laughs) hotel mario i watched him play it he's kind of right you just shut doors he goes up a level and shut this door and then i'm like so then what's next nothing that's the game But people played it, I The Philips CDI. Well, not many. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good point. That one didn't hang in there too long. So good times over there at the uh, Wisconsin Center this weekend. Just fascinating to be around all that stuff. And uh, the the vintage tech is still selling huge. Yeah, I bet. They have vendors in from all over the place. Tons of stuff. I bet the pandemic helped with that a lot. Yeah, let me... uh, we're short on time, but I should play you this. Uh, I, I did talk with Melissa Bethel. She's from Gamers Island out of the St. Paul area. She was there selling a whole bunch of stuff. She said it's hot as ever, and her favorite thing is when people come in. It's the it's the thing they've been looking for. Have you ever had somebody come up to you at one of these and be like, I've been looking for this, like, forever. You're oh, saving all the time, really? all the time, yeah. Like, what, that's what, the, what are they looking for? That's just the best part about this is when someone comes and they, you know, it could be a $5 game, it could be a $500 game, and just knowing that you provided that thing awesome. that made them excited is great. 8.54 on Wisconsin's Morning News, and this from Jeff and Fox Point. I once dressed up as Pigsy the Pigman from the Manhunt video game for Halloween. Difference being, that was Halloween. <laughs> this was just <laughs> Sunday in Milwaukee. Right. WTMJ, W277CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Eight fifty-seven on Wisconsin's Morning News. Peggy from Waukesha texting in on the old National Bank talk and text line. They did win last year. I was there. Smiley face. Yes. Good job, Peggy. Thank you. I felt like it's been a while since we've lost a home opener. I. This is like one of my all-time favorite days of the year. It really is. Doesn't matter if it's super cold. I mean, yeah, you prefer when you know when it's going to be in the fifties or whatever, but just love it. Just love the excitement about it. Just love the energy, the vibe. And in it right now, WTMJ's Steve Scafidi is going to do his whole show live from American Family Field. Are you in the Are you in the tailgater, Steve? Uh, oh, you bet I'm in the tailgater. It's a calm before the storm. I'm looking out at the the cars queuing to get into the parking lot. All that kicks off. And uh, when, when do we open these parking lots? Is it nine o'clock, ten o'clock? When they, is it? It's always three hours before first pitch, which right, is one ten. 
So that'd be a little after 10. However, Steve, as you and I both know, and we've covered opening <laughs> yeah. days before, right. when it starts getting dangerous yeah, because of the backup to. on the freeway, they just sort of open them. So. Steve, did, did you hear uh, Wyatt talk to someone who had been waiting since 3 a.m.? <laughs> That's when <laughs> yeah. they pulled up. Well, engineer John Tyler and I were talking about this. Um, you could have just got here at like 7.30 and saved all those hours of sleep. But, you know, <laughs> or, if that makes you feel good, that's Or that's now great. we'll get you in. There's room for you. Yeah, this this is like, this, I think it's like perfect. I mean, we could use a little more sun, but there's there's peaks of sun, but there's light wind. Obviously, the, the roof's going to be closed, so we'll, you know, that's the experience that most people want on opening day. Because it it's a little chilly out here, but as opening days goes, I remember last year, the porta potties were whizzing across the parking lot. The wind was so bad. Me and John Tyler were like, "Wow, that's something." I think whizzing. the tailgater got lifted up at one point. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, it's crazy! Out so, there. so definitely- I'm excited. I'm, I'm like Bill said. I love opening day. This is one of the best days of the year. Who do you have joining you today? Because I know the Brewers always roll out some pretty high-profile folks for uh, you to share with all the fans listening to the show. So, uh, do you know for sure who's all joining you today? Yeah, we got some of the new guys, Mike Brasseau, Owen Miller, awesome. Jesse Winker, and then, of course, Rowdy Telez, who was one of my favorite brewers. And go. then Brandon Woodruff, who had a, a really good season last year and, and obviously is one of the brewer studs on that pitching staff. And we're hearing we're hearing that Mr. Bob Euchre may join us sometime at 11 o'clock hour. No guarantees, because Bob is a busy, busy guy, as you know, on opening day. You know who else is going to join you? Vetrano is going to stop by the old tailgater. <laughs> Oh, in depth with Vince Vetrano opening day, that's like a broadcaster's dream, isn't it? Well, you know, if you were to say that you have other high-profile guests, I would go ahead and take a pass on that. That's fine. If, if I get bumped for a uke or somebody, that we don't have a problem, well, I promise. Here's my ask, buddy. If you're chasing around the parking lot, how about bringing me a, a brat my way or something from one of these great tailgates out here? I, I wouldn't say s- no. They usually offer, you know, anytime. I remember yes. in about three beers they'll offer, too. Yeah, I could take that. I don't need right? a beer, but I'll take I'll take the brown or sausage of any kind. Really, it's fine. It's noon somewhere. All right, all right. Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ.